Welcome to today's episode of the Blueprint Podcast, where we throw out the old blueprints so we can learn to become who we were always meant to be. I'm your host, Jason Smith, and if you haven't already, make sure you click the subscribe button and share this podcast with your friends on social media and tag me in it at jbirdfit. On today's episode, we have Kelly Siegel, is the CEO of National Technology Management, author of the book, Harder Than Life, who carries the mission and vision to make a dent. Kelly is a cycle breaker who overcame abuse, addiction, poverty, and continues to inspire others through his social media presence, public speaking engagements, and is committed to paying it forward through mentorship. So what's up, man? What is National Technology Management? What is that all about? We're a national uh, managed service provider. So that's what they call, uh, basically a fancy name for an IT company, but we really focus on cybersecurity. So the, I'm going to shamelessly plug my book, but if you look, our, there's a, there's our logo. It's our shield. I, I wrote the book harder than life. And it talks about, is this was supposed to be for my customers? I was sitting there in the pandemic and I'm, I'm like, I just got to get all of these, all of this healing out of me. And I wrote it in a book. That's awesome. And when I published it, the publisher said, what are you going to do next? And I said, nothing. I'm going to hand this to my customers. They said, this is way too good. Way too good to be just that. You got to start a podcast. I started a podcast. Then I started doing daily videos. Now I'm getting picked up on larger podcasts. And now I just got off a pitch with um, the Today Show. And it's like, oh, I didn't didn't mean to do all this. It's just... uh, it's a, it's a, apparently being harder than life is not easy. Yeah. Well, when you step into authenticity, those are the things that just seem to happen, right? You know, I take it a step further is not only, I don't know any other way to be. Uh, I, I've survived chaos in my life, uh, brutal, savage beatings from my and And I don't, I don't, the authenticity, I don't, I don't know how to lie. It's not worth it. So I take it a step further and I had a lot of vulnerability and a lot of love. The vulnerability is the toughest thing. When you grew up the way I did, you're putting your, your heart out there to get stomped on. And, and it's, it's not easy no, or else everybody would be doing it. Right. So I just yeah, find it sure. get so great when you're vulnerable. And so what does vulnerability mean to you? Because there's so many different definitions out there right now. You've got... Brene Brown, she kind of redefined it a little bit with her new book. And then you've got all these other influencers out there and creators and people that are in that masculinity space that define it a little bit differently. So what does vulnerability mean to you? Uh, Being in alignment with your true self. And and it's not speaking your truth or the truth. It's just being in alignment with yourself and being trusting that the universe is going to receive it. Um, I'm a big fan of Brene Brown not into the the amount of wokeness but that's what i love about this country and what we can do and i love this about the world is you can disagree with people and still agree with some with with a lot of their message and and i and i, and I agree with this and i think that people should have a right to do what they want but i don't want to focus on that i want to focus on being vulnerable and bringing us together united we stand divided we fall and i think she does a brilliant job of explaining feelings and vulnerability and shame, which, and, and really she, her overall message of get in the arena. Right. How many people avoid 
everything. And they, they, they live their whole life without living a single day. So Brene is a, I'm a big fan and I take, I take the message and the things that resonate with me and I leave the rest. And that's what the world needs to do. It's like, just because I don't agree with it, with, with everything doesn't mean I don't agree with her. And she's just a wonderful human who is, who has so much, I and mean, a big part of the heart of the life was me finding myself after I decided to quit uh, drinking alcohol. What does she do? She, most of these people that are tremendously successful have, you know, slowed down or given up alcohol. Right. Is it a coincidence? I don't know. You drink? No, I got away from it. You look fantastic. How old are you? Uh, 44. You look, you look fantastic. You, you, you can tell you take care, good care of your mind and body. Well, I appreciate the flattery, and you're going to get a dose of that as well. Kelly, welcome to the podcast. We don't know each other, but the algorithm put your content in front of me, and I knew that we just had to connect. The first thing I notice about you is that you're a guy that's in great shape. Take care of yourself. I had to give your content a shot. It's what drew me to you. And as I was going through your content, it showed that you just don't disappoint. You give so much of yourself in your content. You're authentic with everything that you do. And you're inspiring people by sharing pieces of your story through this process. So I want to thank you for doing what you do and welcome you onto the podcast. If you could just tell people a little bit about yourself, who you are, and what your mission and vision is. First of all, did you see me squirm? <laughs> I still get a little uncomfortable accepting compliments and accolades. Right. Um, first of all, let me tell you, thank you. I received that fully. A very hard thing for me to do. Uh, is to receive love. Uh, I yes. grew up very, very abused, physically, emotionally, unsafe. I wrote about it in my Harder Than Life book, and I've spared no punches. And I did that not for it to be the woe is me, but to create awareness and vulnerability that, hey, man, there's a lot of people that have gone through this. And what you do with that is is what is how good your life's going to be. I... 40 or 30 years of drinking uh, to mask it didn't work. <laughs> so I decided, well, let's try something different. Uh, you know, I'm stubborn and, and hard headed. So I figured, hey, let's try, let's try the opposite of what I've done. Right. And oh my God, oh, Jason, it got life got insanely better. It got very, very dark. Then the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, source tests you when you make a major life change where it's going to throw the kitchen sink at you and say, do you really want this? And that's going to separate the people that really want it from the not because that most people will quit and give up. I'm not most people. I uh, am the Buffalo. I'm going to run right into this in the proverbial storm. And I don't know any better. And I'm going to come out the other side. I'm an unstoppable force. And it's just, I, I don't know anybody. I, I wake up and I want to win and I will do anything within honesty and integrity around the parameters of honesty and integrity to not only win, to thrive and to help others. I've never seen anybody ahead of people or above people not look back and help. They're, they're, right. they're, and you're not going to sit back and, and, and pounce on people. It's not, it's just not who I am. And I don't think anybody is like that. And, and by the way, I do want to acknowledge the algorithm is amazing. I've lately, I've met some amazing people. I was just on the, I met Ryan Alford. If you haven't met him, he's a great guy. 
he, he's on the Radcast. Uh, that was just a social media thing. Boom, we connected. We're fast friends. We're I call them forever friends. Nice. <laughs> Something tells me, Jason, I've I consumed your content like you did mine, and uh, I love it. The avoidant attack. I've read all the books. I can tell you right now, growing up the way that I grew up. If you're avoiding, I will find you. <laughs> I, am a, I am a magnet for, I used to be a magnet. Uh, about a month ago, I was working on some EMDR therapy and I something broke loose in me. It just, it felt like the weight of the world. And, and now when I, I can spot an avoidant a mile away and, and I tend to run. <laughs> it's hard. Oh, no, no, I, I'm triggered. I, you know, I'm still attracted to them because, oh, I just want to heal that childhood trauma. I want right. that. Kelly to get the love he needed from his mother. And I keep running to these avoidance and running to uh, I can provide all the love I need right here. And it is the hardest. It's the simplest thing, but it's hard. And well, you keep doing it, keep doing it. It's what we're used to. It's what we grew up with. It's what resonates with our nervous system. And so people often get confused when I say, as you heal, you will no longer be attracted to that type of behavior. And what I mean by attraction is it gets pulled into what you're currently doing right now. Those things start to come to you. It's what you attract into your life. And as you heal, you begin to recognize the signs and symptoms of the things that are happening in front of you. And you're like, you know what? That's not attractive to me anymore. I don't like the way this feels. I don't want to go through this experience again. The familiar misery, my friend. Yeah. The familiar misery. Absolutely. We just keep freaking going over it because instead of the unfamiliar joy and happiness we just keep going right back to the freaking the, the this the proverbial stove that the hot stove and it's it's a definition of insanity and i did it for years and years it happened so fast i wouldn't even know and now i can it, it, it i can interrupt that but it took a lot of violence to get this love to get softer and I literally, I'm talking four and a half years of constant struggle, grind, grit. And as Brene would say, I'm in the arena every single day. And that's why you resonate with my content, because it's true. I yeah, say okay. the things that most people don't want to say, that they don't want to deal with. Um, and, and I'm getting murdered on social media right now because of the last few reels uh, it, you know, I activate something in somebody. I am a, a, the worst mirror in the world. And that's why as soon as it, it, the part about is how I vibrate in this world now, the high vibration that the avoidance come to me and realize right away, oh, heck no, he's going to expose me in a second. What did somebody say? I was talking to an avoidant friend this morning and she said, you're an interesting human. I just said, thank you. I know not to get in such a conversation because what, what makes me interesting? Because I healed myself and I deal, I do this weird thing where I deal with my issues and I don't run from them. And I don't hide them underneath the, uh, the rug. Hey man, I have just the same feelings and triggers and limiting beliefs. I still think that I, that I don't deserve love, which drives me insane, but I'm working on it. Well, people see you do the healing work and they become threatened by that because they, compare themselves to you. So if you're able to do all of these things and make these improvements in your life and to be the person that you want to be and you allow yourself to be the authentic version of you, that means that they can do it too. And it's too uncomfortable for them right now. They just haven't hit that point where they're ready to step into that uncertainty. There are no coincidences. I needed to hear that today. Thank you.
because it, it's amazing. I've never prior to making this rebirth, doing this rebirth, I was a magnet for everybody. Everybody attracted me. You know, everybody wanted to talk. Now I'm a magnet, but for the right people. But there's a lot of people repelled from me. Just over my social media, and you can hear me get called every single name on earth. Now it's about a probably ten thousand to one. Like I, I just looked in on this last reel, there were eight thousand shares and forwards, and eighteen hundred comments. And out of the eighteen hundred comments, probably only a few hundred were negative. So, right. and and here's another thing that listen, you you know this better than I do, but I'm sharing with your listeners is is we tend to focus when you come up, it's focused on the negative instead of the oh, positive. Yeah. It's I insanity. Still I still oh. do it. I can Give get, I can get all the positive messages in the world, but that one person that comes through and hits you with something that just, you start to question yourself. I immediately go into, well, is that true for me? Is that something that I need to take to heart? Are they telling me something about myself that I'm not observing? You know, how can I fix this? How can I change this? What can I do different? How can I please you? And we grow up as these little people pleasers trying to make sure that everybody's okay. Then you just realize, you know, we have over 250 some thousand people that follow across platforms and you're not going to please everybody and people are going to be upset. And that's okay because you're in integrity with your message and you're helping people and your intention is really what matters. Full vulnerability, either way, is my stepfather used to just, everything was negative. I, I, and, and I catch myself all the time going, oh, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to follow down that, that road. Um, he always focused on what you weren't doing versus what you were doing. So it's, uh, the, I'm surprised the book isn't on your thing, and it might be the, the measure the gain. A lot of people, uh, that's a great book. So basically it just talks about, we focus on what we don't have, not what we do have. And it's, it's just a quick and easy read, the gap and the game. And a lot of times I'll just real quickly go, Oh, hold on a second. Just because I don't have this avoidant girl in my life doesn't mean, look at me, I'm healed. I am happy. I am in my Florida vacation home. Uh, with people surrounded by people that love me. I was in the middle of the ocean in waist deep water, crystal clear water with a, with a downpour of rain where we were just living really the best life. I had a non-alcoholic beer in my hand. People were getting drunk and I'm just, it's like I'm playing with house money or they don't even realize how good life can get. And that's the thing is I ask myself this all the time. How good can you handle life? And it just keeps getting better and better and better as I continue to, to build my mind and my body. And they're both one and the same. In 2007, you and Liam Neeson walk into a bar. Sounds like a classic setup for a traditional joke, but it was actually a pivotal moment for you. Can you share a little bit about that with us? Yeah, first of all, it was the full moon party in Copenhagen, Thailand. So you have to fly like 22 hours to get there. And then you got to jump on a plane to go to a different part of Thailand. Then you got to get on a boat to get to the, another part of Thailand just to get to this full moon party. There's a, there's a Netflix where these guys go around the world. Do it. So fast forward to this moment you asked me, there's a, there's a backstory to it. So this is like 10 o'clock the next morning. So we were sitting doing shots of tequila and I, we were literally holding each other up and God, and he doesn't drink either anymore. By the way, I just found this out. 
So I'd, I'd like to reach out to him. I'm going to get him on the podcast, on the Heart and Life podcast, and see when he when his aha moment was. But so we got to this party. About ten of us went to this party at I want to say ten o'clock the night before, and we'd already been drinking for hours. So twelve more hours of drinking and doing drugs, and I'm still waiting. We're killing time trying to get to the after party, which is at noon the next day, and I'm doing shots of Liam Neeson. My buddies all walk up and they're like, do you realize that that's Liam Neeson? And I was like, nope. <laughs> I'm just sitting next to him for hours at a stand-up bar in Copenhagen, Thailand at the full moon party. And it, it was just, it's just one of those moments. And the whole time I was there, I'm thinking, I, I'm going to die. I got to stop drinking. And I got to, this is, and I, and I wish I would have stopped. That was I was 30 years old at that moment. I didn't stop till I was 43. So uh, luckily I wasn't forced to stop. I didn't hit rock bottom. I just got sick and tired of being sick and tired. I got tired of the hangovers. I got tired of losing my car. I got tired of losing my money. I just got tired. Really, truthfully, since this, since your people are, are big in the relationship, I got tired of the women I was meeting. It was chaos. Like attracts like, and I just no amount of women or booze could could give me the love that I didn't get from my parents. Now I give it to myself. How good can you handle life? And it keeps getting better. It's insane. Um, the opportunities that are being presented itself, the people I'm helping, the people I, I inspire uh, people to not drink every day, and and that's that. I just want them to live their lives. Face your fears, live your dreams. I say it all the time. How does alcohol keep you out of integrity? What does that mean? When you made that video, I thought that was so interesting. And I'd love for you to expand on that. Oh, my God. I just you do and say things that are out of alignment of who I'm trying to be. I am, I am kind. I am loving. I am honest. And I'm very compassionate. And when I wake up in the morning and I was like, oh, my God, what did I say? What did I do? I wasn't even close to being my best self. It, I was an embarrassment. And that wasn't all the time. Everybody's like, oh, you, you learn to control your drinking and, and be moderation. Listen, this wasn't every night. And it, I didn't drink every night. But there were times where it was out of control. And I'm a big guy and I'm, I'm heartbroken. I don't feel like I'm loved. So what would I make me feel like love? It's like the goodwill hunting, though, where, where Will hunting gets into a fight because his boys have his back. What made me feel love was getting into a fight and, and having my boys have my back or causing some havoc and nobody being able to stop me because I'm so big. That was how I felt love. And then I'd wake up in the morning like, oh my God, why did I do that? So it's just the stupid things you say and you do. And I wrote about it in my book, man. What do you, you drink alcohol because you're, you're wanting to feel something or not feel something. Well, how about I manifest that internally? I mean, I want to feel love, peace, um, clarity, and freedom. Experience that by dealing with your with your with your demons. And when you grow up in chaos, you're as an adult, you look for similar chaos in all the different areas in your life to feed that part of you. It's almost like a void that you have to continue to fill over and over again and it, it'll get depleted over time and and then that's when you get involved in a fight 
with your buddies to back you up so that you can feel that love again and, and feel connected to something. Well, that's what happens with an anxious avoidant attachment style is the, the anxious yeah. is come love me, come love me. Avoidant runs, runs, runs. And they're both doing the tug of war and it feels like love. Uh, I'll tell you one more. When you heal, uh, you get comf- it's tough to get comfortable being comfortable. So when things aren't chaotic, I'm like, what? Jason, what, what's going on? The, 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 the rug's being pulled out from underneath me. Yeah. And because I've lived in chaos my whole life. Now, I've thrived in chaos. Now, I will tell you, if, some, if, the, if the proverbial uh, poop hits the fan, uh, nobody's better at it. I, I, that's when I get my best. Get on my back. Let's go. But uh, I'd rather stay out of it. And I make decisions with daily habits and routines and just saying no, that keeps me away from that. And that's how I achieve my, my peace and my freedom. Um, the moment I meet somebody that isn't contributing to my peace, it's just, a, it's just a no for me. Sorry, I'm not available for that. Now, I love that you don't shy away from talking about therapy, how it's helped you, the different modalities that you use. What does it mean, though, that thoughts are magical lies? Ooh, that was a good one. That, I got that from, is that one of the Buddhist monks? What's the one of the, the famous Buddhist monks? Sadhguru? I, 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 I can't remember which Buddhist monk, but what it is, is um, that is your inner child, your ego, specifically, in, in, and I'm going to butch this and you're much smarter and you can, I'm going to say what I mean and then hopefully you can extrapolate and make it sound brilliant. Uh, remember, I only play a therapist. I am not, I'm an IT guy by trade um, and I'm, I'm you know, just getting into this personal development. So this one is, it's, so it's, it's your inner child and your ego working together to, put, to keep you safe. And I got a newsflash for you. Um, so I'll give you a for instance. I never had food as a child. So whenever I get hungry, I feel like I'm going to die. Well, here's a newsflash. I make a lot of money. I don't, I have plenty of food. I can walk into any restaurant and buy anything I want. Magical lie in my head is you're going to die, Kelly. You need to get food. So um, a lot of times too, if somebody doesn't choose you, because I know you're big into the anxious or, or avoidant attachment. A lot of times when somebody doesn't choose me, an avoidant runs from me, I feel like I'm on my It's a lie. It's a magical lie. And I talk to that inner child and I say, hey, what did you need at that? What do you need at this moment? And I steal from every different modality, whether it be EMDR, whether it be talk therapy, whether it be hypnotherapy. And I say, what did you need? And I talk to him and I'm able to keep the the triggers from spiraling into uh you know wanting me to drink or wanting me to numb or any kind of toxic behavior you know scrolling social media porn there's there's a bunch of things that people do and use to to not feel their feelings that's why i love Brene brown but how do you combat how do you combat all of that it's so hard because you have this craving you have this desire you have this need and it's it's internal and how do you get rid of that how do you manage it one thought at a time, one thought at a time. And, and I wish that I could take a, a, a pill and just have it go away. But the truth is, is you know, multiple times a day, I'm de- dealt with a trigger. <clears throat> so 
it's like working out. <clears throat> you strengthen that muscle by continuing to exercise it. So uh, I get triggered. I address it. I communicate with it. Sometimes the trigger is so large. I got to use five different things, which is a gratitude walk. That usually works. Sometimes I got to grab a cigar. That's my one vice. I got a cigar and just to get my mind off things, a, a meditation um, or journaling or literally uh, just going to the gym, and just pounding it out, man. That's why I'm a big boy, because first of all, my stepfather beat on me. So nobody's ever going to beat on me. And then owning a company and having these feelings and having these thoughts for 30 years, uh, I go to the gym and, and then and these naysayers that are blowing me up. You, thank you, because I tell you what you provide. I work really well when somebody tells me I can't do something impossible only describes a degree of difficulty. So uh, if somebody's going to make fun of my work ethic at the gym and think that all I do is steroids and I get bigger, come work out with me. I've, I've worked out with the best of them. I, I just was messing with Ryan uh, Alford and you'll get a kick out of this. I said, whatever you do, don't try to keep up with me in the gym. And I said, I'm not trying to be a hard ass. And then he watches me just grab the freaking 50 pound dumbbells and just start repping out freaking curls. And he goes, Oh God. <laughs> was, okay. I'm not going to keep up with you. I, you know, that was, that was the years of trauma coming out of me that just aggression and just, I am enough. and I deserve to be here and I want love. And if I build this physique that I will be loved and um, man, I'm just getting it, that, that I, I don't, I don't think I've ever said that out loud. Yeah. You really touched on something there because how do we help ourselves feel like we deserve to be here and that if I build this body, then I'll be loved. It's really hard to reconcile those things. And I think every gym goer goes through that exact thought process. You know, it's, it's every, it's not only just gym, it's, it's money, it's power, it's things, but truth be told, it's emotional intelligence and being able to talk and deal with those triggers. And that's the person that's going to be rich in life. Someone that is emotionally intelligent and knows how to channel thoughts, feelings, and triggers into positivity. And that's what I've, this is going to sound arrogant, but and it's the first time I've ever said this. So it is that's what I've pretty much all mastered. Do I still feel the triggers? Absolutely. A thousand times a day. Um, do I still make mistakes? Yep. Got an avoidant I'm talking to right now know that it's the wrong freaking thing to do. I know it. But you're still doing it. Shut up. <laughs> you know what? You just want to be, it's, it's like writing the book. It's, it, you know, it's, you want to be there for that person because you wish somebody was there for you. At least that's how I feel. I wrote the book for the, the, the kid that needed help. For this particular avoidant, I wish somebody would have been there for me. And you know what? I won't get my, I won't put my neck out. I won't get the involvement. And I said this yesterday, I'll answer text messages and I'll take phone calls. I'm not reaching out. So there's a health boundary uh, to, in my opinion. Now I got to make sure to keep things at arm's length because hopefully I can model the behavior. And this is all for other people. Yeah. The harder than life brand after it pays for itself is going to donate to charity. All the, pro the profits and proceeds are going to be uh, divided up into three different charities. So I'm not doing this to buy another house. I'm not doing this to buy another jet. 
or a jet. I don't have one. Uh, I don't need anything else. My footprint is very small. That's funny how you stop drinking and expenses drop. <laughs> it's weird how that is. It's amazing uh, I, how I, things change. Yeah. And uh, I, I go to bed and I get good night's sleep and I make more money because I'm not hungover or tired. Um, so uh, I have mastered that, how to get myself out of it. I, I really do. And I don't spend much time there. I try to spend more time in the present, being happy, being joyful. And I've saw, I've seen myself lately smiling. When you see me smiling and preferably that little smirk because I'm always up to something. <laughs> and that means I'm, I'm living my living life and I'm in alignment. And I want to be in alignment. That's all I'm looking for. <clears throat> I don't need more money. I don't need more followers. It, it, it will come with doing the right thing. Now, you're somebody who embodies let your mess become your message. And that's something that Dean Graciosi says all the time. And it's something that really resonated with me because we look to help the people that we used to be. And so with your book and everything that you have going on, who inspires you and, and what keeps you going through all of this? What keeps me going was my, <clears throat> my will to live, the survival because at any given moment, I thought I was going to die. And that's not a magical lie. That was truth. My stepfather drowned, beat me. My mother beat the, almost killed me. My sister saved my life. I was, she pulled my lifeless body from my mother beating the living crap out of me. So the will to survive is strong in all of us. So that's what gives me the drive. And then the second part of the question was what or who inspires you? So the who inspires me being present. I get inspired by a lot of people. I'm inspired by you. I'm inspired by uh, social media. I'm inspired by the negative Nellies who, who berate everything I do. Um, inspiration comes easy for me. I, I have an, a knack of turning a negative into a positive. And I said that, Jason in my heart just freaking skipped the beat. Um, I have a lot of positives now. Um, you know, being in this space, and if you're you're authentic and you're genuine, you leave with love. You get new friends. I mean, I got your cell phone, buddy. I hate to say it, you're going to hear from me more and more. Good. <laughs> I, I love it. If there's anything I, I can do to help you, uh, you know, I just read that book that's behind you, How to Do the Work. That's that's the blueprint right there. That's the yeah. blueprint. Um, and one of the things that resonated with me and her uh, in that book was how she she had hid her childhood trauma. She buried it, didn't know she had it. Those are the scary ones because they think they don't remember it. It's been right. so buried in their subconscious. So I hate to shamelessly plug that book, but it's I'm looking right at it. And I just finished it like two weeks ago. And, and I run into a lot of people that say, oh, I grew up a perfect childhood. As a matter of fact, the last two women I talked to both would fight me if they said there's some childhood wound. There's some wound, but their avoidant is a day as long. And it's like you don't just grow up and become avoidant. Something happened. You are afraid of feeling love and support. Get out before that happens. Now, that can also be like the the yellow flag in relationships is when somebody says that, right? Oh, my you ain't God. Gonna stop that, What's that? You ain't going to stop with that. Are you? No. <laughs> just, rub because... it in, just rub it in. No, you're no. right. You're absolutely right. 
because I, I get these comments all the time, you know, no, everything was great. I don't have anything wrong with me. There's nothing that was going on in my life. And I had, we ate dinner every night at 6 PM and my parents were wonderful. Everything was amazing. Yet you're in your thirties. You can't have stable relationships. You, you struggle in relationships and the relationship that you have with yourself. And at some point you have to start, there has to be that catalyst for change. And usually it's something that involves pain. It's just like it wakes you up. You're driving down the road one day with the truck windows down. You don't have the radio on and the breeze is just coming through and it hits you. And it's like, I'm the common denominator in all my life's problems. And there's something that needs to change. There's something in the background, in the subconscious that I need to figure out. And then you get the book, How to Do the Work, and you start diving through it. And you're like, ah, and it wakes up all these different versions of you that have existed your entire life. You know, you've got the child version, the adolescent version, the the 20 year old version, the 30 year old version. And each one, each one is a layer that you need to tap into and figure these things out for yourself. So you don't repeat the same patterns over and over and over again. And it's like, well, now we got a, another solid 50 years because people are, we live till 95, hundred these days, right? I, I plan on living that long, but now you've got 50 years left of, with all this knowledge and experience that you've now gained in the self-awareness, what can you possibly do with the time that you have left? A whole hell of a lot. And, and that's the place. And that's why we do the work. I've said, I say my life, I'm 47. So my life is probably half over. I plan to live into a hundred as well. Maybe 120. Yeah, uh, why not? Uh, why not? Uh, yeah. But my life is half over, but it has only just begun. Literally. I feel like I just started living because all the years I spent, uh, masking. I didn't, right. I wasn't living. Uh, and I put a post out there that went absolutely viral where the, the worst day sober is better than the best day party. Why not? So I'm glad you said that, but I'm going to ask you to say it again for your listeners that it's a yellow flag. If somebody says they didn't have any trauma because in Dr. Uh, LaPerla's book, how to do the work. She mentions it. But no matter every time I say it, that everybody has wounds. You say it in your elegant way for all the cheap seats. <laughs> well, the thing is, there are people that grew up in a secure environment, right? They know how to co-regulate with another person and, and talk to people and relate to people on a level that, you know, it's very kind. It's genuine. It's authentic. They set boundaries. They communicate their needs, wants, and desires. Those people do exist. It's just we will always resonate with who we're currently being. So I'm resonating down here where I'm going to find somebody else that's also in and around this area with me. And then we're going to have this really chaotic relationship because we both haven't elevated our frequencies, right? We haven't worked on ourselves. We haven't grown the self-awareness or cultivated the self-love to actually be in relationship with one another in a way that is more meaningful than trying to manipulate each other to get our needs met in some way, shape, or form. Because the anxious is also avoidant and the avoidant is also anxious. People get confused when we say these things, but the anxious person is avoiding abandonment and rejection and the avoidant is avoiding having that intimacy with the other person. It's actually a threat to their nervous system and to the way that they feel. So they run. I just, learned, I just learned that the other day that I, that I had avoidant in me. I just learned it. And it was, in a it's more of a spectrum. It's, it's, it's like a puzzle. It literally yeah. is. And if you would just lean into each other and both say, Hey, we're, we're, we're going to stay in this mud and we're going to shower each other together, but we're in it. That would be the quickest way through it.
instead of changing partners, changing partners and changing partners. Right. And uh, that's it's uh, you went to what I said. My first chapter in the book is self-awareness. That's the first thing. Stop lying to yourself. Stop looking out the window. Go look in the mirror. And be real. And, and, and then start making decisions. Oh, I was always self-aware. But I just would say, I'll deal with it when I do and I need to deal with it. And just one day, I just said, okay, the time is now. And I set my drink down. Ooh, Nelly, things got interesting. So, uh, but, but here I am four and a half years later, and I, it's only just begun. I've only just begun about what I'm about to do for everybody. What are you about to do? What's the next step for you? Well, like I said, we're, we're working on some national appearances uh, on TV to get the heart of the life message out. We're nice. going, I'm going to push my way into some larger podcasts. We've got some amazing guests coming on the heart of the life podcast, which is available on iTunes and Spotify. Um, that's the viewership is going up and we just shot 50 new videos with the social media team yesterday to, uh, inspire and agitate um you know we've got to agitate you will um we did agitate because i was full of venom with people you know again you would you 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 come at me and uh, you poke the bull poke the bear and and you're gonna get full full thing but uh, emotionally intelligent responses and not reactions i'm never gonna get in to a fight with a naysayer because I really understand them. I've been that person. I understand that they're hurting. And if in person, I would just give them a big hug. And most of the times I'm like, I thank you. I love you. And I'm sending you positive vibes. And I do. I I, I literally, I say that hope. Have you heard the hope, hope, and hope? I love you. That's it. That's brilliant. I used to, I didn't realize I used to say that when I first, that's what kept, I didn't use AA. I went cold turkey to quit drinking. I said that freaking, I read the book and said that saying, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. Yeah. Over and over, probably a million times in the first six months to a year of not drinking. Um, and boy, there were days where it was hold on tight. I mean, my big body and curled up in a ball crying because Jason, I went 43 years and not dealing with any feelings. There was nobody right. to talk to. Um, and all of a sudden, every feeling in the world hit me. Uh, I, I went, I, it was, it was insane. That's why I understand. I get that they, they, that's why I would always, I always advocate for AA or NA reach out and get help, man. Cause I did it stupidly. It worked. Yeah but I'm stubborn. Don't do it my way. That's the only time I'm going to tell people don't do it my way. The rest, right. listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. Cause that, that really is the hard way. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm shaking thinking about it. It's there's support systems and there's, but I would have fought you if you, if you said I was an alcoholic or a drunk, which I, I still struggle with that because if I really was the first step is admitting you're powerless over alcohol. I don't, I don't think one walks away cold turkey if you're powerless over alcohol. Did it freaking have a hold on me? Did it have a freaking bite on me? Yep. Yep. Um, the beauty part about 
a crutch like alcohol is you can, the person you're, you, you want to become the person like, so when I used to drink, I would become this larger than life, happy, go lucky, funny, jovial, smirking, smiling joker. What have you seen so far? <laughs> I'm that person without alcohol. It turns out I'm more of that person. So that's what we should all aim to achieve. So I need, I thought I needed alcohol to become this person. No, 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 no. That was keeping me from becoming that person. So, and again, it wasn't all the time. I mean, you know, it just, the trap and I watched my parents just, it's what you learn. I saw it was, they came home and had a drink. So I would come home and I would be cooking dinner and I would pour a drink. Oh, I earned that drink. And next thing you know, it's a spirals to two, two, it takes two drinks and then three drinks. And it's, that numbing doesn't work like it used to. And then it's, and then you look and it's, it's costing you thousands of dollars a month. And luckily I didn't get any trouble. I didn't get any major trouble. I didn't get any trouble with the law. I didn't get a DUI. I didn't get nothing. So, but if I look back, the universe, God was sending me signs. I mean, I almost got killed. I've been shot at. I've been stabbed. I've been run over. I've been, I put myself in so many stupid situations. I bought a full moon, hoping on Thailand, out of money, out. My phone wasn't working. I didn't care. I, I, it's just, just stupidity. Yeah, it's the setup for the Hangover 3. Dude, honestly, the Hangover 2, we, I went to every place that the Hangover 2 showed, the rooftop bar where they, where they arrested Chop. We had dinner there. The, 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 the strip clubs, we were there. Um, all the, the resorts they were at. I was there before the Hangover 2 came out. It was, uh, it was pretty cool. And we, so we did the Hangover 2, and believe me, I was hung over. You just... You know, I would I would have a badge of honor. It's only a hangover if you stop drinking. Stupid, just stupid. Just yeah. don't. And, and the brilliant part about it is, if you listen to Huberman, Andrew Huberman, or Jordan Peterson, they got some amazing statistics on really the poisonous of alcohol. I, yeah. I, I honestly had no clue. You know, but now I just I don't need it. I'm crazy, happy, fun, loving, kind. A compassionate person without alcohol. And I can, I, I understand I'm more aware of things and I'm, I can feel you and I can feel my people. And I did a post like, like you're, you ever seen the, the Ron White special where he says, I, I hug everybody and I'm, I'm just looking for the bar. And that's literally yeah. what I used to do. And I used to drink McAllen because I was a big Ron White fan and I actually met him a few times. And he's a good dude and hilarious, but it was just in pursuit. Never in the present, I was in pursuit of the next party, the next woman, the next drink. Then it was, I was always in transit, in purgatory, pur- purgatory, if you will. Yep, and that's exactly what it feels like: is you're stuck in purgatory, mm. and you and you can't get out of it. And we get conditioned to say, "Well, man, I had a hard day at work, or you know, this one thing happened. Man, I really need a drink." And it's like, stop yourself there. Do you need it? Do you want it? And what is your purpose for having that drink? And what is what are the results behind that? Those are things that I would ask myself as I was because over the years, it just became less and less. It was just something that I 
I didn't do. I wasn't really thinking about it. It was just something, well, I'm building up my home gym. I'm taking care of myself. I'm focusing more on working out. I'm growing my garden. I'm trying to eat better, right? And it was this shift because I was getting older, right? You're getting near 40. Well, I better do some things that are going to be healthy for me. But then what I realized is that there was still that idea in your head, that craving where something stressful happened. And you would say, man, I really, I need to have a beer. And it's like, well, no, I started questioning that. I'm like, I, I don't need to have a beer. Where's that even coming from? Why would that pop into my head like that? And then eventually you, you beat that and it doesn't exist anymore. And now you go to bed at night, you sleep well, you wake up early, you do all these things, you feel great. And you know, that's mid forties for you. And it's awesome. And I wish more people could experience that. I got to tell you that what you just explained would happen faster than that. So the, the moment I would feel something to the moment that there was a drink in my hand was warp speed. I wouldn't even know. It was so ingrained. And now that's how I attack the gym every day. Before I wake up, I'm th I, before I even come to, I'm in the middle of gratitude, saying the things I'm grateful for. I'm already putting on my gym shoes, my shorts. And it's become so ingrained into a daily habit. It was so ingrained in my life that to stop that literally took violence. And, and so and, and what I'm, does your morning routine look like? Uh, I'm interested. Oh, I took a, I take a beating for this too, because you know, everybody has the, the funny thing. You know, you're you're going to take a beating for anything that comes out of your mouth. So. And I do it. No, um, I get up at, at four 15, a 15 minute uh, gratitude meditation um, and get myself centered for the day. I, I, and then I pop out of the bed and I, I, I live and die by caffeine as you're drinking coffee right now. Uh, I'm actually drink, drinking cocoa. <laughs> oh, well, that's cute. Um, so not, I, not hot chocolate, but like cacao powder. Oh, that's cool as can be. And I like, I want to try that. So yeah, I good. walk into my bathroom and I got a coffee bar. It used to be a scotch bar, by the way, in my bathroom. Uh, so I've converted it and I make myself a quick espresso. Uh, I give myself a fist pump in the mirror, a little Mel Robbins, you know, right. love you. High, Boom. high five habit. A high five habit. I think that's up there too, right? It is. Yeah. I, can't, I can't barely make it out. So we're, you're brilliant. And um, then I brush my teeth, get my gym clothes on and freaking out the door to go administer justice. I try to get into the gym and start lifting weights by five. Um, I usually, lately I've been switching it up where I do cardio first, 20 minutes of cardio, and then I weight train. I get back home and I do my journaling. I shoot my morning video, my morning inspirational video that I'm going to share on my stories to, to, to get people to think. It's kind of like a seagull saying, if you will. And I go and get my daughter up. And, well, I shower and then I get my daughter up. I cook her breakfast and get her ready for school, drop her off at school, go to the office. And uh, the whole time I'm eating and drinking coffee to feed the beast. And I'm fortunate enough that I get to schedule my day so I get to pick my daughter up from school. Uh, so I notice I like to drop her off and pick her up <clears throat> and then we do our homework together and then we, we cook dinner together. We do our chores, whatever we have to do. And then we'll, we'll read. I feed my mind. I end it with more gratitude and go to sleep. Rinse, repeat. It is boring. But it I think it, I think it's amazing. I love that gratitude is a massive part of what you do. It's in each portion of your day as you go throughout the day. When I was drinking, I never, I never stood still long enough to appreciate anything. And gr granted, I, I achieved financial success while drinking. 
Um, but I would piss a lot of it away on traveling to go drink more full moon party. And that was, that was, I spent ungodly amount of five figures of money to go that. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I spent a lot of time and it's the simplest things. Um, some days, you know, I grew up so poor that we had to go, I had to go steal bags of chips from the store to have something to eat that I wake up. There's certain days I wake up in Florida, my Florida house where you see me right now. Uh, it's on the water. I have a boat, a pool. I'll wake up here and I drive and I fly home to Michigan and I go to that house, which is a big house with a pool. And I wonder, thank you. Thank you. I, I flew on an airplane. I didn't have to worry about food. And it's, it's uh, most of the times it's my cat. To me. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for my dog. I'm grateful for my daughter sleeping in the next room. I'm grateful for my dog. It's just simple little things. It doesn't have to be. I'm grateful that I have money or I'm grateful that I'm sometimes it's just, I'll say this. It's good to be on this side of the dirt. You know, right. I'm alive. I woke up today. There's a lot of people that didn't, it doesn't have to be. And I just try to stick to three, just three in the morning and three at night. What's been your secret to success? What, what do you think has been the, the driving factor that has brought you to the level that you are today? That's a good question. I would tell you that it's, I've never said this too. pain. Pain drives me. I, I say that so often and people give me so much really? shit for it, but it's never like, said that before. it just popped into my head. Pain. It's your tolerance to pain. So when you grow up in a chaotic environment, you have a very high tolerance and threshold for physical, mental, and emotional pain. And so in order to make a shift, in order to make a change, in order to find that catalyst within you or externally to you that inspires you enough, that motivates you enough to break free from that, you have to go a little bit beyond your pain tolerance before you finally go, I, I, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't like the way this is going. This is not the life I envisioned for myself. And it's time for a change. So I'll take it a step further. And I will tell you when, since I've stopped weaponizing pain i feel like i lost my edge and i've now what i do is you're laughing because it's resonating with you so no, now, it's what true. I, now what i do is i surrender and i'm becoming god curious because something has been looking out for me now i am very i believe in god i believe in source i believe in the universe i just have a struggle with that God is in alignment with me. And it's, but somebody's doing something because I shouldn't be here. And I'm much appreciative of it. Uh, and the surrendering and just allowing everything in my life, Jason, I have pushed, pushed to achieve from financial success to every relationship. I've chased every woman. And I thought that was a badge of honor. My first logo for my first company was a bulldog. That was a badge of honor. Surrendering, vibrating high and magnetizing what I want is very uncomfortable. Very. I needed that. I thought I've gotten here by putting that chip on my shoulder and proving people wrong. I'm going to show you. How dare you doubt me? And this is how I'm going to achieve love. Easy, big fella. I'm going to relax. I'm going to do the right thing single day. I'm not going to sit around and, and, and hope it happens. I'm going to do the work right. and it will happen. But it's uncomfortable, man. I, I want to go beat on doors for, to, to grow my IT company. I want to go 
jump on a freaking dating app to find the woman of my dreams. Hard, Jay. It's hard. I sit back and I just, and it doesn't, dude, I I tell you, I was in, we just passed the 4th of July. I don't know when this is going to air, but I was out with a big group of friends in the ocean, loving life. And I came home and I spent the evening alone and I'm like, whoa, I'm alone. I would love to have somebody with me, but I don't want to have somebody with me that just to have somebody with me. I want somebody there that makes my life better that enhances my life, that pushes me to be even better. Because with the right partner, with someone who is like-minded to me, the sky is the limit. I'm going to do it regardless. Right. But, man, it would be nice to have a a true partner in crime or or soulmate or life life partner. And and this this is where I talk about having a shared mission and vision. And – we don't use that type of language when we're talking about relationships in 2023 to actually to actually know where we're going, what we're doing, why we're doing it. We're setting an intention. We're in this relationship. I'm not going to entertain other relationships. I'm in this with you. We create interdependence, which for those of you who don't know what that is, is that both of you can go out into the world. You can experience the world, do your own thing, be your own person, live in authenticity, and know that your partner isn't doing anything nefarious behind your back. And you're going to come back together in the house later that evening, share your day with one another, and continue to build, expand, and grow together. That is what relationships should look like. That's interdependence. That interdependence, that's, you just blew my mind interdependence is what do you need for interdependence vulnerability we need to be vulnerable and just say i trust myself to get hurt by you but i trust that you won't so right that's scary but if you but if you hurt me i know that i can't control that and that that it isn't saying anything about me as a person or my self-worth or who i am and i can't take that personally because that's something within you that you're going to do. And I can't stop you from doing that, but I can say, I know I'm not doing that. And I'm showing up in this relationship as my full self. And as long as you can do that, then whatever the outcome is, you know that you did everything in your power to be who you were supposed to be in that relationship and to show up for the other person. That's brilliant. But keep going one more step and I'm going to add to it. It's knowing that it is self having the self trust, the self love and knowing that if that happens, you're going to be okay. If I do all those things and my partner decides that they don't want to be in this relationship, guess what? I'll rebuild myself. I'll be okay. It's having, it's putting yourself in hard situations to be able to trust yourself that if that happens, you're going to be okay. And that's that fear that people, that drives people to stay in situations that they shouldn't be in. Well, we have this scarcity mindset, and I always say there's always another relationship. There's over 8 billion people on the planet. There's always going to be another relationship, but we get caught up in all this, you know, they're, they're my soulmate. This was meant to be, and it's like, okay, but it wasn't because they weren't showing up as the, as the way that they should in the relationship. And as a matter of fact, they hurt you several different times throughout that relationship, and then it ended. So the best course for you is to accept the breakup, accept the relationship ended, and allow yourself to heal from that and just recognize that you're going to be okay no matter what. And there is going to be another relationship out there for you, but it's going to take a little bit more growth on your end so that you can begin to resonate with that new partner that's out there for you. I got to tell you, it's I, when you do go 
far along the healing process. And this is my opinion. This is just my, I'm two years single and I meet people and they like, don't believe that I live the way I live. You don't, you mean you don't drink alcohol ever? Like, what about when you're on the boat? I don't drink. I, I was out with somebody on St. Patrick's day and a whole group of people. And I took a bunch of people on my boat and we went bar hopping. I'm one of those weird people. I'll go to bars. It, I, I, it does. I have zero desire to drink. I can be around people and I love people. So I go meet everybody and I'm a big guy. So everybody wants to talk to me and I love that. And especially we were here in Fort Myers beach, which is a touristy town. It was so packed. So there's a lot of freaking mixing bowl of people. I'm meeting people from Ohio. I'm meeting people from Nebraska. I'm meeting people from California. I love it. I want to meet them all. And the next day everyone's hung over and someone says to me like, Oh my God, I'm so hung over. I didn't have a single drink yesterday. And they're like, you didn't, you were all over at the bar. Yeah. That's, that's me. <laughs> that's what, yeah. that's what I used to do when I drank, but then I would say and do stupid shit and I would be embarrassed. Now I don't say and do stupid things. And I actually leave people in a better place than I found them. Uh, so having said that in the two years, you know, I, I, I haven't, I scared more people away, but I know that that's just, uh, what rejection is redirection and it's they're not meant for me and it's it's hard i've never i've never gone two years in my life with anybody ever telling me well and, no. and they're not rejecting you they're rejecting themselves a lot of the times because they, 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 they can't they can't live the way that you're living they don't see themselves being able to do that they think that this is something extremely extraordinary and it is to some degree, it is amazing that you can just cut that out. You're not doing it. It's not a part of your life. You don't want to have those experiences. You recognize it's not serving you. So you stay away from it. You abstain. And that is so hard for people to fathom that you can do that because it's a conditioned response. They're conditioned to accept that this is just the way that life is. It's also socially acceptable. And if you don't do it, then you're some sort of pariah. But I feel like in 2023, the collective is shifting and more people are leaning towards sobriety and staying away from alcohol and substances and really just starting to show up for themselves and to create and cultivate those better relationships. Yeah. Because being coherent and being present, you just, you get together even better. I, I, I love what you just said. I, I love you. <laughs> I could, we're going to hang out. I want to come to you. And oh, we're gonna sure. But the, yeah. the, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting themselves. I, that is brilliant, Jason. Thank you for saying that. And, I tell you that that's so true. And, and, and I'm one of those, I, I, I hate to say this because not everybody is, is authentic and as generous. I, there, there's no kinks in my armor. There's, I'm not sneaking drinks, taking gummies. I'm not uh, chasing women. I'm not watching porn. I, I don't, I'm, I, I literally, I have three books on my vacation that I'm reading right now. Um, I, I've already worked out. I've already meditated. I've already journaled. Uh, when I'm done with here, I'm going to go out and smoke a cigar and relax in the sun for a little bit and and be in my mind and my thoughts to recharge for when I get back to the to the real world on Monday and grind. So I'm the real deal. And it's going to I'm looking for a unicorn and eventually God will will send her to me. I love that. What three books are you reading right now? The jeez, oh, just I just finished uh, Nicola Perla and just finished The One Truth. Um, John Gordon knocked it out of the park with the one truth. Uh, 
brilliant. Yeah. He's coming on the Heart of Life podcast too. Shameless plug. Sorry. Love yeah. Him. No. Awesome. I love John Gordon. He's the first person that I ever got into personal development. I read the the Energy Bus, and it was. Right. And uh, I showed him a post that I posted like 13 years ago. It's plugging the Energy Bus. So um, there was a book, and I can't remember the name of it. I just bought it. Uh, it was about communication. And it okay. was on, it was a gentleman that was on Ed Milet's podcast. You asked me a couple of questions too. Not only you, I do listen to podcasts. I'm all, I, when I'm working out, I'm listening to Ed Milet. Yeah. Uh, sometimes Andy Frisella, a lot of, um, of uh, Lewis Howes and who's the monk? Was the, why am I forgetting the Buddhist Jay, monk? Jay, Jay Shetty. Shetty. Yeah. Jay Shetty. They're on repeat. I don't miss their episodes. I, I re-listen to my episodes to see what I can do to get better. I, I, I want to get better every day. And, you know, you see, I, I get all excited and I interrupt and I just, God no, gave great. me ears and one mouth. And I just want to listen, learn, and love. Or listen, love, and learn. I keep repeating that to myself. I write it how I end my journal entry every time. Gotta listen more. So it's, I'm working on it. I'm working in progress. So, uh, the, so communicate anything I'm deficient in, I read about it. So, yep. and I'm reading this other one. It's something about the, I don't even know. I met a coach in Michigan and he recommended a book and it's about the masculine male. And it's like certain things I probably don't need to read. It's red pill versus blue pill. And it's like, so, oh, man, it, I, I, it's the rational male. That's right it. Here. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I'm not going to, I, so I do have some kind of stupidity thing. This is, I do have weird quirks once i start a book no matter how bad it is gotta finish it I have to finish it and i'm a book hardcover book reader i have if you if we were at my house in michigan you should see i have hundreds of books i, I get through about a book a week this one grinding halt yeah so it was a, you know what i struggled with too jordan peterson's book I read the whoa that guy's so smart he's way beyond me so I, I listen to a lot of audibles just for that reason. Uh, I tend to learn better from an auditory standpoint versus reading. And sometimes I'll get both the audible and the book and I'll listen to it in my headset and read at the same time. And that seems to give me better retention. That's brilliant overall. Idea. It's not my idea. It was Alex Hermosi. I heard him talk about it and I was like, you know what? I'll give it a shot and sure as shit, it works. Yeah, I, I am a learn it all. Literally, it's. I might be addicted to that as much as working out. I, if I had my druthers, I, I'm here in Florida by myself. I don't think I've turned a TV on, one TV on the entire time I've been here. I'd rather read. Yeah. And I just, I love it. I, you know, cause I don't remember everything. I can't even remember freaking Jay Shetty's name. Right. But yeah, uh, constantly reading. I love it. I'm addicted. I want to feed my mind. And then that's after listening to two podcasts at the gym this morning. I get a lot of, con listen, there's not new content out there. Anything that I'm saying I've heard, or, you know, like you said, the, uh, who was the, the saying that you said, you, you brought up uh, Dean Graziosi saying, I didn't even know that Dean said that, but I'm sure I heard it somewhere. Right. We well, all you listen to anybody in the personal development space long enough and everybody kind of regurgitates what everybody else is saying and they might phrase it a little bit differently here and there. But I know. find Mel Robbins to be very unique. I think the high five, yeah. the three, uh, uh, five, four, three, two, one, really. I, I find her very relatable. 
she's she's uh, brilliant to me. But I, I also find Renee brilliant. But then there's Andy Frisella, who is just angry. <laughs> but well, he's passionate, right? And that's the whole thing with this. And I need people to understand this is that you can read things that you may completely disagree with, but there's always going to be a lesson that you can extract from each individual book that you're reading. And it's why I read them all the way through, because there's always something I'm going to learn from somebody else. And when you allow your personal feelings to get into this stuff, you put up a wall, you block yourself from being able to allow things into your experience, but then you miss out on a lesson that could be extremely valuable to you. Maybe not this month, this year but maybe a year or two from now maybe five years you're like ah i read that somewhere this is helping me now and then yeah. you can use that what you're saying is to be open and available yeah and there's if always value are, well if pe more people were open and available you're going to learn we're brilliant people um th this this life and these these brains and this body is just it's out of this where it's just cool man if you let it it's really really cool you know can you see it as a gift Right. Like we're, we're here right now. You don't know how long you're going to be here. And we allow all of our troubles to permeate everything in our existence, everything that we experience. But what if you just started making that mindset shift, mindset shift of this is a true gift. I get to be here. This is amazing. I look forward to each day. What am I going to do today? God, show me how amazing today can be. What can I learn today? What value can I provide to other people today? So there's two things that I heard a long time ago. Uh, one was, it was on Aubrey Marcus's podcast. It was Memento Mori. We're all going to die. Realize that we're all going to yeah. die. Number two is, I don't know where I even heard this one. I may have said this one. We, we, we only, wait, we say we only live once. It's, it's that's not true. We live every day. We only die once. People got to realize that. Oh, and, and when you waste a day in negativity, you, you're not getting that day back. So, and, you, and when you waste that day drinking and drugging, you're not getting that day back. I'm going to ask you a question about cannabis because we're in Michigan where it's legal, where you can walk in and buy any cannabis. I do believe, I agree with you. I think Huberman and me and you and everybody, I ask everybody that comes on my podcast if they drink and almost a hundred percent is no. Um, I do believe in 10 years, it's going to be a lot like smoking a cigarette that people are going to be like disgusting. You drink, oh, sick. Right. But I believe that cannabis is offsetting a lot of that gummies, um, you know, and whatnot. What is your take on that? I mean, I can certainly see that being the case, but again, it's not something that resonates with me, uh, former law enforcement. So it's not something that I'm really going to dive into. Um, it doesn't interest me. I don't like the smell of it. Uh, it's like they take gummies now. It's it's amazing. Yeah. But you want to feel anything now? Like I, I am an IT business. We we service a lot of of uh, dis dispensaries. That so I learned all about it. You feel down? You can take a you can take a gummy. You want to feel up? You can take a gummy. You want to sleep? You want to have more sex? Where do they come up with this stuff? So I just, but, it's not something I predict in. I just don't want to see people trade but, one vice for another. You can also do breath work, right? What is that? So this is a boss Booten tool where you just put it in your mouth. It's an O2 trainer. It's got a flap on this side. On the other side is a hole. Uh, these things come off and they have different sizes. So you can change out the hole. 
you can use it while you're walking. There's a couple different exercises you can do with this uh, to improve your breathing uh, by strengthening the intercostal muscles and your diaphragm. And you'll end up working your upper, upper abdomen uh, as well. And you'll feel it over time as you use this. Uh, it's amazing. But you also notice it's an O2 trainer, right? So you're going to end up increasing... Um, your, your time in the gym, your ability to not gas out as, as fast as you used to. That was, I got it on Amazon. The price is this. The you price, text it to me, please. Yeah. The price is the same on Amazon and their website. It's 56 bucks. So yeah, t t text me the link to it, please. Cause I want to try sure. this. Wait, yeah, I'm gonna learn it all. What else you got? <laughs> Wait, well, I, I want to know your daily routine. Cause it's, it doesn't, it's an apparent on most of your, uh, post it's it's all about the relationships and the avoidant ones the priceless you know how many times i want to forward i forwarded one of them to this <laughs> and she's like i said two things one was uh why are you self-sabotaging and the second one was one of your funny avoidant videos yeah and she's like thank you for sending me the first one <laughs> my my stuff triggers people so badly so some people are getting it now like, oh, he's being funny. But, yes. if I, but if I go to the caption, then there's value there and I can use that value to kind of create some self-awareness and realize that, you know, OK, there's some things that I can do. Here's a tool for me, stuff like that. So but for the people that, what's that? I wonder which is more true. If you're calling out an avoidant as an avoidant or just telling somebody about not drinking when they have a drinking problem. So you know how many times that I'll say to somebody, I just choose not to drink. And then immediately, not even for, well, I don't drink that much. I'm like, I didn't even ask you, man. This is, this is, I'm talking about me. That's a, that's a yellow that if on, but I'm wondering which one is greater. Yeah. I mean, they're almost moving into a place of shame right away. It's definitely comparison. And then right away they're like, Oh, well maybe I shouldn't be drinking as much as I do. And they're self-evaluating in that, in that context. And I can see how people would get that way, but it's the same thing with attachment styles, right? Nobody wants to admit they have an attachment style. I'm secure. Everybody's secure. Everybody says they're secure. Right. And then it's like, OK, well, what's your texting frequency? How often do you text message people? And when you swipe right on, you know, somebody and they start messaging, is it 24 seven texting? Do you move right into that? Because they haven't earned a spot in your life yet. So why are you giving them so much space and making them a priority when you haven't even met them yet? You've had no conversation other than what's in the app. You may not have even shared your phone number yet, but you're back and forth, back and forth, back and forth that you might be a anxious attachment. Hey, I'm a, re I'm a recovering anxious attachment. So <laughs> feel free to use that one. <laughs> well, and the other thing is uh, attachment styles are a spectrum, right? So it's like, you can be super confident um, and secure in your business relationships. And, th and that doesn't give you that, that feeling of insecurity, like, Oh, I'm going to lose my job or I'm going to lose all this stuff. But then in your personal relationships, there's that fear of abandonment, fear of rejection, that things aren't going to work out because everybody leaves me or they hurt me in some way, shape, or form. And that's kind of like the subconscious uh, story that, we, that we're telling ourselves, that our body tells us about these relationships. So in the weirdest thing, and in the John Gordon, is the faith over fear. Um, mm -hmm. I, if ever I get, and I don't, this doesn't happen very often, if ever I get that a fear of abandonment or that some uncontrollable faith being comes over me that everything's going to be okay and it's going to be more than okay and that's probably just coming from doing the work for so long yeah. so hard
But if I even think for a second, if that magical line pops in, like you're never going to find anybody, that lasts about a millisecond. And, and it's like, dude, I'm still growing. I'm still learning. And when the time is right, it'll happen. And yep. frankly, if I don't, what's the end of the world? I, I'm going to, I'll live a great life and I won't have any chaos or nobody to answer to. It is peaceful. Wait, what did you call it? Interdependence. Ooh, mm-hmm. that honestly, ooh, I'm going to start using that. That is, uh, you know, you got to divorce the outcome and marry the process, but you still got to have a goal in mind. And interdependence is summarizes. I always say in my head, you know, in my my daily manifestations and my meditations, as as I outline the life partner that I'm looking for, or that I'm that it, no no that I want. I'm not looking. I'm not looking because I'm not pushing the whole thing. I say over and over again, and I repeat it all the time. What are your goals, values, and standards for a relationship with you? And are you in alignment with that from that? You will then know your boundaries that you don't want people to cross. And when they start to butt up against those boundaries, are you capable of holding that boundary with that person? And when we're in the anxious and avoidant trap, it's extremely important for the anxious person to hold that boundary with the avoidant and don't allow them to cross that because that's how you hold them accountable in the relationship. And one of two things is going to happen. They're going to reject your boundary and they're going to leave the relationship or they're going to respect the boundary and you'll continue to build a better relationship with that person because you're keeping them accountable in that relationship. And both are good. Both are good answers. Uh, oh, oh yeah, it's it, you win either way. It's not going to feel like it if they if they walk away, but that's when you tell yourself, "I'm not going to be outcome driven. I recognize that I'm going to be okay, and that there's going to be something else out there for me. This just wasn't it. They didn't like the boundary, and it's okay for me to hold this boundary." So, so what does who does an avoidant usually attracted to that makes them look at themselves and go, "Oh, this is I'm an avoidant." Or what makes them wake up? Who do they? Who are they mostly attracted to? Is it anxious? So what'll wake them up is that pain threshold that we were talking about. They have to hit a point of being so uncomfortable in a relationship experience or losing a relationship that they actually really wanted to be in, but they got so fearful and the anxiety hit so high because the avoidant is also extremely anxious in relationships. They just don't show it. They appear stoic. Right. They appear like they have everything in order, but internally it's this mass amount of chaos that's swirling around inside of them. And they have this fear that, you know, uh, that if I'm intimate with this person on a psychological level, that they're going to hurt me in some way. And then they got to go the opposite way. They got to run. Well, you just described my last five. That's literally, you want to know the truth? Full mm-hmm. disclosure. That's why I quit drinking because I met five straight and I would add a sixth in there avoidance and i it just it, it avoiding is i don't know what it is about alcohol that i don't know it's just there's definitely a correlation to drinking being having unhealthy relationship and being an avoidant or unhealthy relationship with alcohol and finding avoidance that's all i found and i yeah crazy well the other part of it is are you emotionally available in these relationships or is there a certain amount of fear that you experience as well when somebody gets close that, you know, some, at some point the other shoe is going to drop. They're well, the going to do something. I drank. It was no, I wasn't, I wasn't available. Yeah. 
now the, the sixth I was, but she wasn't. Yeah. They're going to do something to ruin the relationship. So I'll just do it first. Yep. It's so funny. It's, it's, yeah. I can see it when it comes, but I got I could spot it a lot sooner. Like, I mean, I just said it on a different podcast. Like this last one is she showed up at my house the first day with a bottle of wine. I don't drink. She finished the bottle of wine. So does that tell you that you're uncomfortable? You don't love yourself? I, so I should have run, but oh man, she was so hot. Well, and so that's what happens, right? They're, they're extremely, the, the person that you're with is extremely attractive yet they brought alcohol into the house knowing full well that you're someone who doesn't drink and they went and crossed that boundary that you had already set that you had already established and they didn't respect that and then you allowed that to happen so now oh, i don't i don't hold on i don't interrupt you on that i'm sorry i don't i don't tell people not to drink i just choose not to drink i am learning now that if you have over two drinks of alcohol in any setting you're probably not going to be for me and i learned it through that's what i learned from that relationship so again Take the message and leave the mess. It's, I, I, I Now, if somebody were to show up at my house and a bottle of alcohol, it isn't that I would say no. Now, if she would have poured one glass, capped it, and said, leave this for the next time I'm over. Great. All right. Yeah. I don't need, I don't mind being around people at that drink. I just don't want to be around. I'm not going to date. I can't be interdependent with someone who is dependent on alcohol. To, to to as a crutch and i've learned that yeah i agree i don't have anything really? against i don't have anything against alcohol i just choose not to drink right now now if i was on vacation somewhere would i get a, a, a foo-foo drink and enjoy my time in like mexico or someplace else maybe probably i don't know i haven't been put in that situation yet but i'm it's also funny. not i'm honestly I'm, I'm, I'm i've thought that but it's just, I feel so good that I would yeah. never want to numb anything, even a little bit. I would probably, I've been doing it for so long, I'd probably freak out and be like, I don't like this feeling. And I used to crave that feeling. Now, I was like, no, thank you. Yeah. I, I will just, because I want to be present in wherever I'm at. If I'm in a tropical island, I want to look at the colors. There's so many things that I just didn't pay attention to. Birds and signs and people and 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 just being i don't know man i i, I wouldn't i wouldn't want to lower my vibration in any way shape or form so it's probably a no i'd never say never i could see myself being you know 90 and saying i think i'm gonna sip on a scotch who knows well that's the whole thing i just i don't know i haven't been put in that position yet and my life is good the way it is i'm happy and you know it's just not something that crosses my mind so i just keep doing what i'm doing there are so many non-alcoholic options nowadays that I get the taste without the buzz. And that's all I ever, I'm one of those idiots. I love the taste of alcohol. They're, they make non whiskey that I swear to you, you can't taste the difference. Now I'm big on the non-alcoholic beers. Although you beers, you, you drink a beer and you got to pee twice for every beer that you drink. Yeah. If you drink a non-alcoholic beer, I think you got to pee four times. I don't know what they put in those things, but man, it's unbelievable. So I know that if I end up having a couple, uh, even like three, I'm going to pee six times, seven times, eight times. It's it's. If I don't have yeah. them too too close to my, but you know, like I was out. You don't want to turn into Frank the Tank, you know. Well, at least I'm not going to be running around shrieking through the quads naked. 
done that. <laughs> Won't do it anymore. The last question. Uh, what do you want your legacy to be? Oh, I actually St. Shameless plug for the book. There is, there is a chapter called legacy and I want to leave the world a better place, inspire, educate, and model the behaviors of what makes my daughter proud and make the Siegel name mean something and know that I left the dent. Um, and the biggest thing is, is leaving something after long after I'm gone. That's, that's an easy one, man. That's, that's why I'm doing all this. That's why I'm glad to take on the, the friendly fire, the negative any, uh, you know, cause I'm going to make this a better place and there's nothing going to stop me. Nothing. I love that. It's all about intention, man. And eventually, you know, those haters, they'll become people that love you too and appreciate what you're putting out there. It'll start to resonate with them. It just takes a little time. Yeah. I'm five months into this. I'm loving it. And you know, uh, Jason, I want to make sure we run this back on uh, the Hard Life podcast. You're brilliant. And honestly, if there's anything I could Appreciate ever you. do to support you, um, I love your friend. Uh, Sabrina. Sabrina. She's yeah. hilarious. She's, she's hilarious. And then she marches that tech guy out. And I'm like, oh my God, he could work. Yeah. I have a bunch of tech guys that work for me. I'm like, oh my God, he should, he could be working. We got the mustache. She says what everybody's thinking. So give her my, 100%. Give yeah. her my love. And I, I will. I, and say that keep doing what she's doing because she's awesome. Glad we met, man. I like you a lot. Yeah, You're good people. Uh, if there's anything I can do for you, please reach out. Well, Kelly, I appreciate you, man. It's been good getting to know you and spending some time with you today. Talk to you soon, brother. All right, man. Take care. Bye.